Welcome, dear friends, to episode 6 of the Lost Map podcast. Sonic Adventures broadcast from the Inner Hebrides of Scotland. Sorry, I'm not going to do that voice. Hi, my name is Pictish Trail. I'm speaking to you from my home up here on the Isle of Egg. It's a chilly, cold Scottish November day. I hope you're keeping warm. Perhaps you're keeping warm by wearing a Lost Map bobble hat. And a Lost Map sweatshirt. Are those things keeping you warm? Hmm? I'm not wearing any of those things. I'm, I'm naked. This is a podcast to accompany our Visitations Project, a project in which we invite musicians over to the Island of Egg to write and record music in solitude over the course of a week. We then release the music they've created via a subscription service of EPs available on vinyl and digitally. Digitally. Uh, This podcast series is one in which I chat to the artists who've taken part in visitations. And so far in the first five episodes, you'll have heard me talking to Monogonon and Free Love. And so now let me introduce you to the third and final contestant in this first series of the musical game show, Visitations. The third and final contestant is our Slow Tree. Slow Tree. Who are Slow Tree? Slow Tree is the work of Abby Fry and Neil Hamilton Wilkinson. You might recognise those names as being the names of members of legendary indie rock superheroes British Sea Power. And that's because they are those members. They are those people. That's them. It's, it's Neil and Abby from It's Neil and Abby from British Sea Power. Okay. I first met them years ago when we asked British Sea Power to come over and play the very first festival that we threw on Egg which was called Away Game back then that was in like 2010 they were totally incredible in fact there's video footage of them playing uh, at the festival up on YouTube they made a documentary of their experience in the Highlands I should say I have been a fan of British Sea Power for ages since their first album The Decline Of and yeah there's been so many great records since then so many amazing albums. We kept in touch following their appearance at Away Game, and last year they kindly invited Pictish Trail, that's me, to go on tour with them around Europe as their support act. Isn't that nice? I was joined by my friend Suze, and we were both really well looked after by the band. They were very generous, it was amazing. Neil and Abby were there, of course, they play in the band. Neil's brother Scott, aka Jan, he's the other singer in the band. Guitarist Martin Noble, a.k.a. Noble. Drummer Woody, a.k.a. Woody. Phil wasn't there, but Paul and Stuart, their technicians, were there. Uh, Joe, the sound guy, was there. David, the manager. That's the crew. That's the whole crew. Great team. It was during that tour that I was starting to put together plans for visitations, and I was discussing the whole concept with Abby and Neil, who are a couple in real life. They love each other. And uh, they were both really keen to take part. They'd been creating music together under the name Sky Drones at this point, but usually in collaboration with other acts as opposed to being a separate project. And uh, I think they were keen to find a project that they could work on together. And yeah, they were keen on visitations. In fact, after the tour, we bumped into each other at Green Man Festival in Wales and we were hanging out, having some lovely ale. And they were like, We want to do visitations. And it was at that time that I knew that they wanted to do visitations. Mm. So yeah, 
I bloody well invited them. They came over to the island three months later, in November 2017. Now, you might have noticed in this series I've been conducting two interviews with the artists who participated in the project. The first interview I record while they're on the island, and the second interview is a follow-up conversation, usually just ahead of us releasing their music. Here's the thing. When Abby and Neil came over in November 2017, I was away from the island. I was out on tour doing the Pictish Trail Winter Rewind Acid Reflux shows. They were a big hit. Huge hit. Shrewsbury, Cardiff, Milton Keynes. Big hit. Big time. Huge. So yeah, I wasn't on eggs. I wasn't able to do an interview with them while they were there. So yeah, there's just one interview with Slow Tree. And actually, I think it makes for a much more digestible episode. Two episodes for each act is quite a lot to get through. You've done very well to make it this far through the series. Well done. Anyway, we conducted this interview that you're about to hear on Thursday, the 1st of November, 2018, one year later. Uh, it was done via Skype with Abby and Neil recording from their home on the island of Skye whilst I was here on egg, naked. We discuss uh, a few things their background in music and how they met, their move to the island of Skye, which is where they live, and some British Sea Power tour stories, including an incident in which Martin and myself went out on the town in Prague. It's quite a good one there. We also discussed their time on the island, the music they created, their process in making it. Uh, I should say that they also made a 43-minute film whilst they were on the island, which we also discuss in the podcast, and I'll tell you more about that afterwards. Throughout the episode, you'll hear snippets of music taken from the EP Slow Tree recorded for our project. If you'd like to listen to this music in full, all you need to do is subscribe to Visitations. You can choose a physical subscription in which all three EPs in the first series are sent to you on 12-inch vinyl, or you can choose to subscribe digitally. If you choose the physical subscription, in addition to the vinyl, you get CD copies of each EP as well as really lovely artwork, and it all comes housed in a limited edition Lost Map tote bag while stocks last. Go to lostmap.com visitations. Uh, sorry, go to lostmap.com forward slash visitations for more info. You'd think I'd have got that by now. You'd think I would have got that whole spiel nailed. All right, sit back. Relax, enjoy the sounds of Slow Tree. band with your brother and also your partner and now with slow tree you're recording with your partner you it's a it's an interesting dynamic where you've gone for <laughs> two very close people to work with yeah keep you full so yeah <laughs> crafty like that yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, always, I always know what they're thinking but have you been in a band where there wasn't family members involved or partners involved yeah, but Woody was involved, so I don't know. He's All honest. Right. Yeah, he's close. It's a close call. Yeah, I was in school bands with Woody. 
since I was about 15. Oh, and, right. uh, yeah, one was cover band. We did um, Pixies and Metallica. <laughs> and he, yeah, Woody was the drummer and he had a couple of metal dudes in the band as well. So it was a bit of a weird band. <laughs> then I was in another band of Woody with uh, another guy called Beetroot. That was the first proper band where you wrote your own songs. And other than that, I was in other family bands as well when I was growing up. One with my brother, Guy, called The Appliances. <laughs> By God. <laughs> and one with my brother, Lee, called Good Rockin'. <laughs> so, yeah, I've always dabbled in my own pool. So you've been, from, you've been in different bands with different family members? That's Yeah, pretty much all of them. Yeah, except Joe, my sister. Yeah, I guess there's just not much else to do. Yeah, and we had a guitar. So. There was never a thought to form a supergroup. <laughs> a supergroup. Uh, all, they're all supergroups. Huh? Of course, sorry. My apologies. That was very rude. <laughs> when was the first band that you started then? You were, this is in Maybe Kendall, like, is it? Yeah. It was probably with my brother when I was about yeah, 13, 14. Obviously, Scott was involved as well. He'd chip in. But we'd just sit in a little room and we had like a tiny little Marlin amp and one of those old kind of tape recorders, you know, where you kind of can record one and you play it back over a speaker and do two track. Just fun stuff, messing around with toys, you know, things you bought at the jumble sale. That's how I started the music. I kind of had like a keyboard that I stole off my sister that had Rick Astley backing tracks on the demo button. I created an entire album of um, just with the same backing track, but with different lyrics <laughs> of the top. So, well, it came with the, it came like that. It came like that, yeah. It was like With a sort Rick of time. Th- there was, was it the, Rick well, Astley model. I think it was. I don't know what it was, but it was like well, it was like a, it was an old Yamaha, and it had like "Together Forever" by Rick Astley on it. And I managed to. I mean, maybe I should try and recreate that at some point. <laughs> An entire yeah. album just using the same packing track. Do you remember the song? I do remember, but it's too embarrassing to <laughs> to go through. Brexit forever it's really great really beautiful the sentiment of that brexit very comforting <laughs> brexit we're working on ways to try and leave europe it's really great i find the whole process exciting and really great and it's, it's a bit cassette boy in places Bing. and abby you grew up in london is that right yeah in ealing in london west london mm. And yeah, I wasn't really in band. Although, no, actually, I was in a Christian rock band at one point, <laughs> very briefly. Um, but yeah, I sort of played in like a youth orchestra. So we got to do like band stuff through that, maybe. Or that's what got me interested in music, I guess. How old were you then? I did it from like my whole teenage years on a Friday night. So from like 12 to 18. When did you two meet then? How did that all come about? I lived with Eamon's little brother. Um, you know, Eamon, who's in British Sea Power. Um, I lived with his little brother at university and Eamon, I think, just knew that I played the viola. So he just, he told Neil probably. Yeah, he introduced us. Yeah. But um, it's quite funny because when I went to rec- like meet them for the first time and record and like I'd never done anything like that and I was sort of sick of playing the viola from doing my like final exam at university I found it really nerve wracking and afterwards I was like I'm never going to play again basically and then the next thing was that I was asked to do this and I was quite nervous and I sort of showed up at their house and it was just really funny because it's it seemed like there was nobody there. The door was just open. I had to sort of climb over a wall to get in. And then, <laughs> or like there was no doors. There was no doors. Never, we didn't believe in doors in them, them days. 
this, this sounds remarkably like egg. <laughs> and then I, there was like nobody in sight except this sort of sleeping bag that, and I couldn't tell if it had anyone in or not and I remember being like hello and then that was like Eamon was in the sleeping bag and he just sort of woke up and was like oh did we say 12 or whatever time it was and then suddenly they sort of started emerging from different parts of the house <laughs> various holes yeah yeah and my main memory <laughs> My main memory is just like Neil telling me what to play, but he was so softly spoken, so he'd just be like, okay, so um, can you play this? And I was like, yeah, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Baptism of fire. Mm-hmm. Cool. Sounds like a sort of weird scene out of The Young Ones. Yeah, it was a bit. So were all the band living together at that point, or was it just Neil and Eamon living together? No, it's just that was uh, Martin and Woody's place, uh, but uh, it, they lived above the butchers, and I lived in Lewis, and Eamon was somewhere else. I'm not sure. We're all around the area, but oh, right. that's just but where we congregate. In, so is that in Brighton? Yeah, yeah, Port Slade, less well-to-do kind of Brighton. Yeah. <laughs> Can yeah. keep your doors open though. Yeah, the butcher <laughs> took care of any trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so when what period of this uh, was this with the band was this after open season no this is before the decline i think yeah oh right okay so this yeah, is quite early days Abbey. yeah yeah we did like a check ep before, <laughs> yeah that was like, it, it. Like, yeah. yeah and abby did some stuff and then we had a check lady come over and sing it and that was like uh just like a one-off e- sort of ep thing we did at decline time that came after decline did it yeah yeah and then we went to prague and had a little Czech adventure, like yeah, I went on a trip to Prague as my first gig, <laughs> which was pretty cool. Oh, exciting! Yeah, I was just thinking back to Prague because we played there last year, didn't we? Oh, in that yeah. insane <laughs> venue that was like in the round. It had like a sort of stage. It was like it was insane that place. Yeah, and you had a good night out as well, didn't you? Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was the it was a Saturday night in Prague, and I think everyone was quite tired. But Martin <laughs> Martin was up for coming out, and so me and Martin yeah. went out <laughs> and got absolutely slaughtered on some local drink. I can't remember what the name of the drink was, but it was really drinkable. Bekarovka, <laughs> uh, was it? That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, had plenty of that. We made two random pals out in the street, and we were just going out drinking with them. And then Martin needed a pee and started pissing on this nearby car. And I was chatting to these two pals we'd made. And then I turned around and noticed that Martin was like flat out on the on the road and was being beaten <laughs> was being beaten by this this guy yeah. from Prague whose car he was pissing on. You piss on my car! Ugh! What the fuck are you doing, man? Stop oh, it! Hey, I just bought that fucking car last week! Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm gonna fucking kill you! I just bought the fucking car last week! We'll always have Prague. (laughs) (laughs) He was mighty quiet the next day. (laughs) (laughs) Just sort of looking green and sticking his head out the window like a puppy. He's indestructible though, right? (laughs) I think so, yeah. Broad in the chest. It is an amazing array of characters in British Sea Power. It was exciting touring with you last year and getting to actually spend some time with you on and getting to hang out and get to know each one of you. Yeah, it is like quite a, quite a weird cast of characters. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favourite? Oh, you guys, obviously. Uh, 
<laughs> you, you have to pick one. Paul. Well, I see, I see you guys as like a sort of trans. Yeah, Paul and Stuart. Yeah, everyone's favourite. That's allowed. Yeah. It was funny being on tour with you at that point because the the name of the band. There was talk at the time of changing to International Sea Power at one point. <laughs> yeah, is that still an ongoing thing, or are you going to go straight for Brexit Sea Power? I think we're just going to ignore not ignore a lot of it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> November 2017 and actually you both live on the Isle of Skye and so island living isn't unfamiliar to you both so yeah I was going to ask about your move to Skye when that happened and how it all came about uh, it was about 10 years ago <laughs> we came yeah almost to the day actually Te- about 10 years in November it was yeah a frosty day that's always a good time to move in the highlands yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that when you moved as well? Yeah, we got lucky. We didn't. We, we were naive. But yeah, we didn't know what what the hell we were doing. I heard a story that from uh, David, your manager, that you'd taken a trip up to to the island on your own, Neil, and had a recce and, and sort of found this place. Yeah, and you were just like, right, we've got to go for it, <laughs> and you just went for it, right? Yeah, and somehow Abby went along with it. Yeah. <laughs> She hadn't even seen the place before she moved in. <laughs> yeah, I like trusted Neil's description of the place. And um, it was a bit of a shock when she got here. Yeah, yeah, because basically there's no road to the house, and it's like about a five minute walk. But he didn't explain that it was like through over a river <laughs> and like through and not really on a path or anything. So like the first we came to move in with Dave, um, <laughs> and we basically had to spend like two or three days um, carrying our stuff across the field. Yeah. yeah, work that manager like a donkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what really brought you up to Sky? What was the reason for moving up there? Just wildness, I guess. So like space and being able to afford a place that you can call your own. So <laughs> it's the only place we could afford. Whereas happy to live. <laughs> I mean, I guess with touring, you'd been up to Scotland quite a bit. But had you had much experience up in that part of the world before? Not really. It's the first time Abby had been on holiday once up yeah. to Sky, but. Yeah, I'd never been north of Glasgow really. You went, Abby went on holiday and got eaten alive. Oh yeah, by my geez. And then on the last day, we sort of got eaten alive and then went for a walk and came back and our tent had blown away. And we were like, let's just leave. And so we left and then our car broke down. And so we got um, like towed all the way to Reading, which was really cool. Um, <laughs> quite wow, free ride. That's pretty good. Yeah. That seems to be how a lot of people's trip up to the Highlands goes in general. Every year when we put the festival on, there's always at least three or four different couples, everything just goes totally wrong and they're soaked <laughs> they end up yeah. getting home magically somehow i suppose it's something to remember the place by yeah but you were you were drawn back from those memories funnily enough like the most amazing view that i just stuck in my head forever um that i saw on that trip uh, is like really near where we live now um so it was just this bit where you drive and you can see the whole mainland and loads uh, it's just amazing um and yeah I didn't know, but that's right where near where we live. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, it's, it's quite mad, isn't it? How difficult do you find? Do the pair of you find it being able to be part of a band that is based 
so far south in Brighton and living where you lived, has it had an impact on the dynamic of the band? Uh, you just learn to work with it, I guess. We travel down quite a lot. That's it, like you do. It means like your um, traveling capacity, like like a big journey to a Londoner seems like a tiny journey to us now. Or you just think basically I've got much bigger horizons than I used to. I find it really cathartic that trip back to the mainland because it takes so long. It kind of feels like I have a slightly different life when I'm touring or when I'm like when I'm not on egg the five or six hour journey that it takes to get down to Edinburgh it feels like there's a part of myself being removed yeah (laughs) yeah and it's the same going back as well in fact the journey going back to egg is one I always really despite the fact it's usually really early in the morning it's one that I always enjoy the anticipation of getting back home yeah it's really really drawn out (laughs) yeah 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 it's weird because when we leave like everything's just shut up and turned off and it's almost like it doesn't exist anymore like because it's it's, yeah it's just this sort of empty space when you think about it um but I guess when you leave you've still got like things in egg that or like your house is still occupied and stuff that's true yeah there's always milk in the fridge which is always (laughs) (laughs) handy whereas I guess for you guys coming back it'll be like it's returning to to the museum (laughs) of your other life yeah Yeah, it takes a few days because you like really look forward to coming back but then you come back and it's just this kind of weird like void cold (laughs) void for a bit (laughs) yeah how do you find uh, the winters up there I get quite cold. <laughs> Neil doesn't get as cold as me, but <laughs> yeah, you get cold. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, wear a lot of clothes because um, our house is really cold. But yeah, it's, I enjoy the winter. Fresh yeah. air, you know. Yeah, it's nice doing like night walks in the winter because it's all dark and stars and stuff. Whereas in the summer, it's all light and sort of feel like more exposed. I guess. In fact, I won't talk about it. You'll bloody well talk about it. <laughs> yeah, you'll talk about it, Johnny. <laughs> All right. Now, the music that you two made together is... Um, I'm lost for words. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. You started recording together as Sky Drones. How much material was created is that? That came about more not, not through our kind of doing, really. That was from Welsh Paul, who that came about. He gave us that name. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, and that that's we play on his records, but that's all Sky Drones do. So we just he, he sends us his so- he sends us songs, and we kind of play along. And he goes, "Fucking marvelous!" <laughs> <laughs> What's this band? So Paul is uh, the engineer with British Sea Power. Him and Stuart are in a band called Demonic Fonts. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got a top tune about Ivor Cutler. Yeah, exactly. featuring Sky yeah. Drones. It's featuring Sky Drones. Uh huh. That was Sky Drones' first job, I think. All right. Okay. So, had you actually created much music together before this visitations project? Not really. We used to like sort of play along together in an evening and like put a tape <laughs> recording it. But then it'd just be like four hours of twiddling around, and 
it's hard to you sometimes you put it on listen to it but it didn't really go anywhere you know what i mean it's just for fun and we do that on tour as well sometimes just by like a little tape recorder and walk around when you had a few days to go like spare doing nothing so did you see this visitations project as an opportunity to kind of actually be able to work together on something separate yeah Yeah, it's good we sort of meaning to do it but we'd have never got around to it probably if you hadn't just waiting for you to come along yeah be the catalyst i feel like silla black Annoyingly, we're doing this podcast now because I wasn't on the island at the time. I was away touring. And I usually do like a interview with the acts whilst they're on the island and then do a sort of follow-up one. Did you find it a different experience to being on Sky or was it was it actually quite a familiar setting? Bit of both, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We were hardy, you know, so <laughs> we were ready for the weather and that the atmosphere was different. And just being in that kind of weird cabin, just with what we had on us, was made it different. It's definitely a different atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. And we've got like most modern things in our house now. And obviously the cabin's got like nothing really. So yeah, it was good to go back to that a bit. because it was kind of a bit like that when we moved here. But now we've got it all. What did you bring with you? If you remember, because it was quite a long time ago. Guitar, a viola. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it, wasn't it? Yeah, we did bring a keyboard. Actually. Oh, you brought a keyboard, yeah. It's like a synthesizer thing. It's, it is a really immersive record. The EP is amazing. It's got a real atmosphere to it. I remember when, when you'd sent over the first two tracks, it was so different to the stuff that had been made by the other two acts, which in itself was different from one another. And so just that was exciting to me, but it was just so uh, so lush. There's like a lot going on in each of the recordings. There's uh, a real spectrum of textures. What was the thing that you started on first when you arrived? I think we sort of decided that we were going to like mainly spend our time exploring in the daytime and then at night we'd like just sort of see what happened and not worry too much about like yeah. Yeah, it was it's less about kind of putting the thing together there, it's more just sort of filling up on the atmosphere and and exploring. Yeah, and getting yeah. like little tunes or little things. Yeah. yeah, that definitely comes across in the record more so than the other EPs in this series. Actually, is that you have really captured the sound of egg. You know, there's mm. bird song all through the record, and uh, and the the atmosphere of where you've been recording. I mean, part of it was you you were recording in the Masker Cave, right? Or was it Cathedral Cave? You recorded um, in? Well. the big yeah, one, yeah, Cathedral Cave. The cathed- the bigger one, and yeah. Ca- yeah. We yeah. had visited both. But yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the Massacre Cave has really got a weird atmosphere. It's dark. I don't like it. For yeah. anyone who's not been to Egg, Massacre Cave is this cave in which uh, the population of the island, of which numbered around about 400 or 500 back in 17, whenever it was, were, were smoked out and they all perished inside this cave. I've only ever been in a couple of times. It just freaks me out too much to spend any longer than 10 seconds inside there. Yeah. Yeah, same, yeah. same here. It's kind of unnaturally warm as well and sort of weird. Yeah, because yeah, I was quite, because I'd read about it before I came and I was sort of thinking about it quite a lot while I was there. 
and had this idea that I'd go there and like play music and stuff, but I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel right. <laughs> and just, yeah, I just wanted to leave. Upon arriving, I wasn't here. So Sarah took you up to the cabin, dropped you off, <laughs> Le- left you to it. Good luck. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Uh, and then you just went out exploring through the days and sort of captured some sounds of egg. Yeah, that sums it up, yeah. Uh, and we did kind of play and record some stuff, write words and draw pictures, stuff like that. Add, add little arts and crafts time in the evening. That kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> the homely kind of thing. But most of it is just trying to like have an experience on egg rather than sort of getting too serious about writing a song or just trying to get into the mood of it. Did you come into it knowing that you wanted to create songs or is it more of a let's just see what happens kind of thing? I think it was let's just see what happens, yeah. Yeah, more just but but us, how we're feeling at that time and uh, it's not just all about egg, it's just about what egg does to you and how it brings out things to you, <laughs> things in you that you wouldn't necessarily expect, maybe. It's a weird holiday. <laughs> it was quite a weird holiday. <laughs> <laughs> but it was amazing to have a view actually because we got no view from our house on sky at all, all right. and that you have to go out to sort of see the beauty but in that house in the cavern you can just watch there is it the isle of rum just looks yeah so i've never like had a view that was really amazing it's mind-blowing that isn't it I, yeah. I live on the other side of the island where we don't have the view from we kind of view, look out to the mainland going over to the north side of egg and seeing the sunset behind rum is just any time of the year it's always totally amazing yeah, yeah. oh we we're kind of lucky because it, it was snowing and that by the time we left so we got a touch of the old northern feeling like in there it's nice we felt like we were going to get trapped there, so that kind of gave us extra incentive. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely compared to Sky, it definitely has a feeling of being really wild. We sort of realise, yeah, you definitely feel a lot more remote on Egg. Yeah, and more vulnerable. Like, yeah, yeah, and it felt like, yeah, you have to rely on your community a lot more. Like Sky, you don't really feel like that, and it seemed pretty normal when we came back. Yeah, you're sort of struck by the weirdness of egg. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because you guys, British Sea Power, played the first ever festival that we did on egg back in 2010. And I'd only just moved to the island at that point. I just started going out with Sarah at the beginning of that year and been living on egg from about May of that year. And the first away game, as it was called then, was in September of 2010. And you guys Mm. came over (laughs) for that. Remember it well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember it that well. It's <laughs> <laughs> so your in- introduction to the locals, is it? Yeah. Um, I'm Johnny. This is my festival. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. It kind of yeah. was, you know. Yeah. Like I'd I'd been spending I'd, I'd spent the summer there and got to know a, m- most of the characters here on the island. By the time the festival came up, I think it was a real sort of baptism of fire. I was just surprised that everyone in the community here was so up for it. They were like, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, let's do this festival and let's have it. And that it made me think, oh, maybe this sort of thing happens on this island all the time. And um, whilst there is events and Kayleys that do happen, there's not really anything like that. Yeah, I'm amazed that we're allowed to do it and it's, it, that it exists. Yeah, um, but it's, it's, I mean, it's, it is down to the community here being so open-minded about it and wanting a thing to happen. I remember living in Anstruther in, well, during the fence days and, uh, you know, there was always a few people in the community who were kind of dead against us. The sort of feeling of nimbyism, not in my backyard, kind of, oh, we don't want a crowd coming in from all over the country to, to listen to your pop music or whatever. Whereas on Egg, it was completely different. It was yeah. people just like, oh yeah, party, let's have it. 
Yeah. <laughs> have you recorded in a place like Egg before? Have you recorded anywhere that's been quite far flung? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. recorded in like a water tower once. It's in uh, Suffolk, I think, near Ipswich. So not oh. a slightly different kind of wild. Eh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the wilds of Suffolk. <laughs> yeah, loads of pigeons. But it was like wild because I think I wasn't there, but it was just like an open air <laughs> water tower, wasn't it? With like yeah. birds shitting on their heads and stuff. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, Sipa has always been a bit like that. Like like to get out to them some farmhouse or something. I went out to like a weird old fort in Cornwall once and sort of started living there. It's like an ex-army fort. Oh, wow. And that was really weird. It's like a massive complex, you know. And occasionally the army would turn up and kind of wonder what these punks would do in the place. <laughs> and the choppers would turn up at night. So we always like the weird stuff. Or just places that have kind of gone into ruin, but can bring a bit of life back into them. But no, I quite like egg, other than sky, yeah, for us. track may all beings that opens the ep do you know how that track came about how that started just started with a wobbly sound and then took it from there yeah. <laughs> abby wrote a nice couple of nice chords and that's how it works one of us will make a little sound and pass it on to the other and then we'll kind of play around with it a bit between us usually it works that way because she does things I can't do, <laughs> I wouldn't think of. And they're same for me, I guess. The lyrics on that one seem quite interesting. It's, it put me in mind of, there was like a little book of poetry in the Bothy. Monogonon used that book to form the lyrics for one of his songs, one by one. The simplicity and the sort of slightly religious feeling to the lyrics of May All Beings kind of reminded me of that in a way. How did that come together lyrically? It's it was Abby's like, idea. Well, it's like a kind of, it's like a Buddhist prayer, like quite a well-known idea in Buddhism that you like in order to generate compassion, you sort of do this prayer where you wish, you sort of start small and end up wishing that everything in the whole universe is happy and it kind of the idea is that it makes you more compassionate and kind. Yeah, so I guess that's, it's, that's what that is basically. It's really beautiful. It's very comforting and then accompanied by the sound of birds flying by. It was just like... <laughs> it was exciting, actually, talking to you after you sent over the first two tracks and how you wanted to expand it into a full EP's worth of stuff because at that point in the project, I think I'd only sort of commissioned the acts to make two tracks, but everyone who'd taken part had created a lot more music than that. And it was when you said, oh, we'd be up for doing a, a full EP, that I thought, oh, this is brilliant. Yeah, let's just make the whole project <laughs> sort of limitless in that sense. I think up to that point, I thought oh, there's no way people get more than two songs done. And there just seemed to be a wealth of material. From the other two pieces, Moonlight Lover, the cover, and Medication, was there stuff that you'd recorded? Was there elements of that you'd recorded on Egg that you finished off in Sky? Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Moonlight Lover, although on the record it's my friend singing, uh, Moonlight Lover is like a favourite of mine and Neil's that we like to sing together. Yeah, that's like <laughs> um, an old ro romantic one, you know. Yeah, so we sung that a bit 
yeah, then I got my friend to actually record it properly. But um, so who's your friend? Grace, who I met here um, from the Gallic Choir when I moved here. I just I joined the Gallic Choir, um, and it didn't actually last very long. So I found the Gallic really hard, um, and I couldn't. Yeah, it was like I couldn't really commit. But Grace, because um, they did a Kaylee and she sung on her own, and she just had the most beautiful voice. So we started. Um, like I haven't actually seen her for a while, but she used to come around a lot, and we'd play. I'd play piano and she'd sing with her beautiful voice i also sing moonlight lover with her so i thought i can't do moonlight lover without her basically (laughs) actually nice i didn't know it was someone so close to home as well that's really cool yeah 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 Yeah, she's wonder like her voice is just yeah anything she sings he can sounds nice yeah (laughs) it's really sweet it's really ethereal yeah yeah so that's cool because I didn't know whether or not there had been that there had been elements of that that had been started on egg or or what. But um, it seemed like I guess did you find that you'd beyond the two tracks initially you just created this wealth of material and you wanted to kind of keep working on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the two melt together pretty good. Like because egg and sky they melt together in my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same, same. So it's like t- putting the two worlds together and so bringing in whatever works really. There's no like. It's just what what can we get done that sounds sounds right. Slow tree EP. Slow tree EP. That exists. (laughs) And do you feel is it the start of like a new wave of stuff that you want to create together? Depends if you invite us back, Johnny, really. Uh, <laughs> it's the only way it works for us. All right, okay, so it's exclusively, it has to begin on egg. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay, I'm, I'm up sure. for that. I don't know. We haven't thought about it, but if you did, you know, we're open to suggestion. Well, it sounds really fully formed. I mean, like, there's such a, there does feel like there's a real identity to, the, to all the tracks that are recorded on that thing. And when it's paired with the film, this is the thing that totally blew my mind, is when you gave us the music and then you were like, oh, yeah, we did a film. And I thought, oh, maybe it'll just be a few sort of 10 second <laughs> clips on a fo- phone. And it turns out to be this 43 minute opus with an accompanying ambient soundtrack. That thing is amazing. Yeah. Did you know right from the get go that you wanted to record your experience on the island in that way? <laughs> no, I didn't even really notice that Neil was filming or like if I was filming I definitely wasn't filming for a film <laughs> but yeah Neil yeah. just made it out of nothing really it just just turned out quite nice and then started messing around with it and I thought ah actually quite nice to watch so weren't expecting it at all basically wherever I go I usually film stuff and this one's the best yet <laughs> It's really great. It really captures Egg as well in the same way that the music does. There's just so much of Egg there and, and your experience outside and all the recording that's happening inside the cave and stuff outside the Bothy itself. I wasn't sure whether, yeah, when I, I was watching, I don't know, it's just like just really dull. <laughs> but oh, no, I, think it's I kind beautiful. of enjoy dull things. So, so do you make um, movies, Johnny? Um, no, not really. I've just done the soundtrack to contribute some music to a film that Josie Long's done. I always want to. I started trying to make a documentary, like it was going to be a, a Pictures Trail documentary to kind of promote the last record, but then didn't work out time-wise. It was going to start off as like a proper documentary and then, but there was going to be all this like weird fictional stuff in there that I just made up <laughs> about my life on egg. It's quite difficult to, I don't know, it's, I find the whole process quite self-conscious. Yeah. I do a lot of filming of my son running around the kitchen. 
<laughs> what's, what's next for you guys then? You've got some touring over the next few months, right? Just up to Christmas, we know what we're doing. But after that, we're not sure. We're just like a couple of gigs in November, a couple in December. And then there's a bit of time off just to kind of do what you want to do. Now we're doing a new record. But, uh, oh, brilliant. S- started that already, really. So cool. very early. And, that, and that's as British Sea Power, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And Slow Tree is still waiting, waiting for All the right. million dollar offer. <laughs> I'll invite you back. I'll invite you back. <laughs> Low tree. Thank you, Abby and Neil. It's always a bit weird trying to do an interview by Skype, as I'm sure you can imagine. So yeah, appreciate them taking the time. And uh, yeah, well done to Joe Cormack, who edited this episode, as well as all the episodes in this series. Great work, Joe. Love your work. Like I said earlier, if you were intrigued by Slow Tree's chat, Slow Tree's chat, and would like to hear the music they created, you should sign up to Visitations. Sign up to Visitations, and then you can receive the music. Or maybe you just enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to support the work that we do. A digital subscription only costs 20 quid, and it's a nice way of supporting the Lost Map podcast, and, you know, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Look, just go to lostmap.com forward slash visitations. Subscribers will be receiving an email from me shortly, which will contain a special link giving you access to the film that Slow Tree made whilst they were on the island. It's three quarters of an hour long, uh, really captures their experience. Lots of amazing shots of egg and footage of Abby and Neil recording in various locations around the island, replete with an ambient soundtrack, music from their EP, as well as other music recorded over that time. It's very, very cool. Uh, We'll be making the full film available publicly at some point for everyone to see, but yeah, subscribers get first dibs. And there we go. That is the first series of Visitations complete. All three EPs have now been released. (sighs) Have you enjoyed it? I've really enjoyed putting it all together. It's been an amazing new direction for the label and hopefully the beginning of an archive of recordings from Egg. We've started tentative work on Series 2, which we're hoping to launch next summer. But in order to get things in motion, we need to get a few more subscribers for the first series in order to fund the next one. This first series was kindly supported by Creative Scotland, but we're relying on subscriptions to keep the project alive. If you have enjoyed what we've done here, maybe you'd like to recommend it to other folks, or perhaps purchase a subscription as a gift for a special someone in time for Christmas. 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 Oh, speaking of Christmas... I should inform you that this episode of the Lost Map podcast is not the final episode because there's going to be a Christmas special coming your way. Christmas. We're going to do a live episode of the Lost Map podcast recorded live, live at Kid Canaveral's Christmas Bobbles. What's that? It's our annual festive party, which takes place at Summer Hall in Edinburgh on the 15th of December. 
And uh, yeah, we're going to do a live episode. We've got a very special guest lined up for that who has not been announced. If you're in the Edinburgh area around that time, I recommend coming along to Bobbles. They've got a cracking lineup. Spook School, Seamus Fogarty, Big Joni from London they're playing. Callum Easter, he's a brand new Lost Map signing, he's playing. Lots more, including indie pop legends and event hosts Kid Canaveral, of course. As well as David from Kid Canaveral's new solo project, Broken Chanter. Uh, yeah, it's just tons of amazing stuff that's going to be happening that day, including the podcast. It's always a very fun and drunken day, so come along and have a dance. Not during the podcast, but just sit down for that. You can just sit down during the podcast. Uh, do you want tickets? You can get tickets from lostmap.com. Okay. Big thank you again to Joe Cormack for editing and producing this episode, to Creative Scotland for their support of the series, to The Bothy Project for use of Sweeney's Bothy, and to you, the listener, for listening. I'm going to leave you right now with a track from Slow Trees EP. This is the first track on side B of the vinyl. It's called The Wild Night. So, until Christmas, farewell, dear listener.